Hi, I'm Rob. Tale number five, The Raccoon. I was going to a going-away party for my friend Mark. It was a potluck. Salsa and guacamole are my go-tos for potlucks. So that's what I made. And then I put them in Tupperware containers, put them in a tote bag along with a couple bags of chips, and put the bag in the back of my little pickup truck. I opened the door and got in and was about to start it and head to the party when I noticed in my rearview mirror a large raccoon emerged from a drainage pipe at the end of my driveway. It walked slowly at first towards my truck and then picked up some speed and then jumped right into the back. It went straight for the food. First, it grabbed the container of salsa and pulled the lid off. It poured it out and started lapping it up like water. Then it got the guacamole and spooned it out with its tiny hands. The next move surprised me. It grabbed one of the bags of tortilla chips and ripped it open and proceeded to grab handfuls of them and shove them into its mouth. Then it would hit the salsa, then the guacamole, then the chips again. It occurred to me that the raccoon was having the same experience with the chips and salsa and guacamole that I would be having. It wasn't exactly dipping the chips into the dips, but it was getting that texture and flavor contrast that we get when we eat these things. My friend Marie was going to be at the party, and she likes her salsa spicier than I like mine, so I'd made this batch extra spicy. It didn't seem to phase the raccoon at all, or maybe it also liked its salsa extra spicy. It ate until there wasn't really much left to eat. Once it was finished, it climbed back out of my truck, walked back to the end of the driveway, and climbed into its drain pipe. I sprayed the crumbs and the remnants of the salsa and guacamole out of my truck and headed to the party. I got there, walked in, said hello to everyone, and Mark asked me where my food was. I had told everyone what I was bringing. So then I had to explain to a room full of people, which I guess had been waiting on chips and salsa and guacamole, what had happened. I later learned that nobody believed me. I had previously expressed how I didn't really like potlucks. I don't like how you have to make the food and then watch a bunch of strangers eat it and worry about whether they like it or not. So they thought I had made up some crazy story instead of bringing the food. The person that told me that nobody believed me said that it didn't make sense that I would just sit there and watch the raccoon eat the food I had just made. I guess that's true for some people, but I really like animals, and I can't really imagine myself ever interrupting something like that. I had a front row seat to watching a raccoon be itself. It's a rare opportunity. A few months later, I was arriving home from work. It was about 8 p.m. It was dark. I pulled into my driveway and got out of my truck. I walked down to my mailbox to check my mail. And right as I got there, I heard a loud screech. And I looked up, and about 50 meters from me, I could see a big lump of fur in the middle of the road. It was the raccoon. It had been hit by a car. I ran back up to my truck, got my flashlight, walked back down to the road. They had recently built this huge outdoor event space near my house, and there had been a concert that night, so there was tons of traffic. It was a three-lane road, an eastbound lane, a westbound lane, and a turn lane in the middle. And the raccoon was in the turn lane. 
I was waiting for a gap to run out into the road when a car pulled into my driveway. A guy jumped out, looked at me and said, was that a raccoon? And I said, yeah, did you hit it? And he said, no, but I saw it get hit. He shut his door and moved with confidence. His name was Steve, and I could immediately tell he was an expert. I was really happy that someone was there to help me that knew what they were doing. My hope was that it wasn't hurt too badly, and we could somehow get it to a rehabber or something like that. We waited for a gap, and we walked to the middle lane. There were still tons of traffic, and it was really dangerous to be out in the middle of the road, so I decided my job would be to stand there and use my flashlight to make sure that cars could see us, and then I let Steve head to the raccoon. I stayed pretty far back. If the raccoon wasn't already dead, I thought that two people were more likely to spook it back into traffic than only one. Steve walked up to the raccoon and knelt by it. Without hesitation, he started rubbing its back, comforting it, like he was giving it a massage or something. The raccoon was definitely still alive. Then he got out his phone, and I thought he was using the flashlight, but I could tell he was taking a video, probably for a veterinarian or something like that. Then he stood up and walked back over to me and said, I can stand here while you go. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, do you want to touch it? And I was like, huh? And then he got a big smile on his face and said, I've always wanted to touch a raccoon. And I said, okay. And then he walked across the street and got in his car and left. He was not an expert. He just wanted to touch the raccoon. So now it was me and the raccoon. I walked up to it. I knelt down to get a better look. Its eyes were closed. Its breathing was still heavy. It made me hate Steve even more. He had seen the raccoon like this, had touched it, which had to stress it out even more than it already was, and then had taken a video of himself petting it, and then just left it there. Anyway, it was a large animal. It had to weigh close to 20 pounds. I couldn't see any obvious damage, but I knew that didn't mean much. So I just shined my light on it and tried to look over it the best I could. And then I got to its face and I shined my light on its face. And its eyes shot open. And it looked at me. And it stood up. And it bolted and ran to its drain pipe and climbed in. I was overwhelmed with joy. I headed inside. Eventually I went to bed. And then while laying there trying to go to sleep, I became worried. Just because it stood up and ran back to its drain pipe didn't mean it was okay. It could still be injured in there. So the next morning before work, I walked down to the pipe and shined a light in it to see if I could see the raccoon. And way back there, I could see the big lump of fur. It was sitting there perfectly still. It was too far away for me to tell if it was breathing or not. And there wasn't much I could do, so I headed to work. When I came back home, I checked the pipe again, and the raccoon was in the exact same spot. Same thing the following morning. Now I was really worried. I thought it was either dead or dying. There was no way for me to climb back and check. The pipe was too narrow. And for all I knew, the raccoon was alive, and it was leaving the pipe and just going back to the same spot. But I couldn't stop thinking about it. I called a wildlife rehabber, and they suggested I put some cat food at the opening of the pipe. So that's what I did. I put the cat food out at night and then checked the plate the next morning. 
The cat food was still there. The raccoon was still in the same spot. It wasn't looking good. I was ready to give up when one more idea hit me. I went to the store. I bought chips and the supplies to make guacamole and an extra spicy batch of salsa. I actually made a double batch of salsa so I could give some to my friend Marie, who never got it at the party because the raccoon had eaten it out of my truck. I put a small bowl of guacamole, a small bowl of salsa, and a pile of chips at the opening of the pipe, and I left it there. The next morning when I checked it, all the food was gone. When I shined my light back in the tunnel, the raccoon was much closer than it had been the day before. I could see that it was breathing. It had eaten. It had moved. I was relieved. It was alive. I saw the raccoon several more times over the years. It became a nuisance for one of my neighbors. He would always overfill his trash can, and any time he did, the raccoon would tip it over and dig through his garbage. On nights that that happened, when I left for work, I could see his garbage can tipped over and all his trash scattered in the street. And it always made me smile, because I knew the raccoon was alive and well, doing what raccoons do. Rob Tells Tales is produced by me, Rob Tiffin. I had some additional editing help from Ben Lamb. The cover art is by Marcella Johnson. She also came up with the title. The end credits music is by Poddington Bear. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and at robtellstales.com. This podcast would have not been possible without Ben, Marcella, and Melanie. Thank you, and thanks for listening.